it's new territory. It is uncharted waters for everybody. Currently, um, we're not making any changes to our athletic program yet with all five of our high schools. I think I even liken this to was about 50 years ago, uh, students were shutting down campuses throughout the country, forcing an end to Vietnam War. And We're going to take it with a grain of salt right now because there's really, you know, there's a lot of reaction to everything that's gone on. But if 18,000 people died of the flu, what we see about it on the TV is advertisements for NyQuil. It can spread. So this is, this is not something to take lightly. Hey everybody, this is Pat Cohan with the AD Insider Podcast, and today we are discussing the coronavirus and how states, schools, and teams are addressing what the World Health Organization is calling a pandemic. Currently on March 12, 2020 at 11.40 a.m. Mountain Time, in the U.S. there have been 1,401 reported cases of COVID-19 and 40 confirmed deaths. These are the numbers that are causing colleges to close, the Power Five conferences to cancel spring sports indefinitely, and the NBA to cancel their rest of the season. Compared to the flu, which has infected 34 million people and killed 20,000 so far this flu season, COVID-19 doesn't seem like a big risk. However, the rate this disease is spreading and the fact that there is no vaccine has health officials advising the extremes. What we're gonna cover today is how high schools across the country are handling the issue the guests I have on the show are Mike Blackburn, the executive director of the NIAAA, Gene Kin Ashen, athletic director in Salinas, California, Jason Kohler, associate athletic director at Jinx Public Schools in Jinx, Oklahoma, Terry Jamison, principal at Hollister High School in Hollister, Missouri, Dave Archer, college professor and executive director of the National High School Basketball Coaches Association, and finally, Steve Young, Athletic Director of New Rochelle High School, which is where we are seeing the largest cluster of infections in the U.S. First, to give a national scope, here's my conversation with Mike Blackburn of the NIAAA. From what you're seeing at the national office, how would you describe the COVID-19 situation? It's new territory. It is uncharted waters for everybody, uh, not just the high school people, but right on up through the government. And what are some of the examples of more of the drastic measures that you're hearing that high school high schools are taking in the you know in the athletic department realm? The more drastic things that I'm seeing that affect athletics, uh, one is Connecticut. Uh, while many of them are still in school, I think there are some schools there that have called off, but they have uh, canceled the ending of the tournament season for winter sports. Uh, so I'm not sure how many sports were still in the midst of their seasons, but certainly boys and girls basketball. And they, they're indicating that they will not play those. I think they were in a situation where some of the participating schools, uh, because of the virus and the threat, uh, indicated they would not be coming if it was held. What about those events that maybe the high school doesn't have jurisdiction on, but does have a big influence on providing advice, and namely like club events? I know in Colorado there's a massive volleyball, club volleyball tournament that will come through Denver, and a lot of um, the recruit, like college coaches have been told not to travel by their universities. How, how should an athletic director communicate to maybe volleyball athletes at their school that might be traveling for non-school events like a club tournament? That's a difficult one to answer. It uh, depends on probably the 
working relationship of that school or athletic administrator with the local club sports and, and it varies everything between um, the sharing of athletes in, in a few states during a given season to having no relationship whatsoever. So certainly I would think uh, our athletic administrators uh, being in tune, any advice to the positive that they could offer those who lead club sports, whether it be administrators or coaches, parents, whatever the case may be, uh, would benefit the cause of trying to keep the spread down. Thanks, Mike. And now we're going to jump over to Salinas, California, for our conversation with Gene Kinashian, the athletic director of a five high school district. Gene, how have your schedules and sports been affected by the coronavirus so far? Currently, um, we're not making any changes to our athletic program yet with all five of our high schools. So we've agreed to no more shaking of hands. Um, So we're doing elbows or air fives, we're, we're calling them. And so making sure that every coach knows that we hosted tennis today. Um, tomorrow we host a large track meet. So again, we're lucky in that it's springtime in California. So we started spring sports at the beginning of February, baseball, softball, golf, lacrosse, boys, tennis, boys, volleyball, track and field. You know, all of those things are outside except for boys volleyball. So in that sense it's a lot better than in a self-contained area because of the way this virus is transmitted and the lifetime of uh the virus on hard surfaces correct um and just we just know that it's it's a lot safer i mean they're telling us you know six feet from people um they're telling us you know to wash our hands you know extensively i mean universal precautions that we should be doing for all illnesses it's just that we want to we really want to try to minimize that fear and panic that I think a lot of people have set in. And things are a lot different with social media now, with the news, with everything, the sensationalism. Just, um, you know, we have to make sure that we are taking care of our community. And our district has been super proactive, like I said, with the PowerPoint that they put together with information from the CDC and just everything that we're getting and trying to give accurate information to our parents. Um, I think that's been really important. What I love about your situation is you're not going to the extreme. You're educating and you're communicating, but you're not taking it um, to the level of everybody go home, like get out of here, like a lot of the colleges are doing. Well, we definitely, K through 12 is very different than the university setting. We do have an opportunity for online learning. However, we are talking about, especially in our community, Many of our students who come to school are having breakfast. At our site, we have free breakfast, a free snack, free lunch, and then they can also pick up a free dinner on their way out. So we're talking about students, not just student athletes, who rely on our schools to provide that level of love and care. And that's where I think things are very different for us in our in our K through 12 settings as opposed to university settings. And so our district has been super supportive of providing for our students. And we know our student athletes are those that are that are representing us that have put in time who, again, we are in an outdoor setting. If we were in wrestling season, we'd probably be having a different conversation right now. Um, but in the setting that we are. And so we are trying to, you know, they have made it very clear 
what will happen if there is a confirmed case um, that we will immediately close if one student, teacher, or staff member tests positive for the virus and exposed others at the school. The length of time would be based on that the risk level is determined by the local public health officer. Um, so at our site, if we have a confirmed case of any of those stakeholders, we will be closed. You're not taking an approach of, it's not a big deal, let's not do anything. You're taking an approach of, we see the possible risk, let's take all the possible uh, actions to reduce our risk, but let's make sure that we're still providing the value to our community that we um, have always set out to do. Definitely. That's perfectly the way of saying it. We, we know we can make things better. We know we can do a better job with sanitizing and with cleaning and some of the, and the pieces that are going on. And it's been, I mean, you look at a locker room, you know, one of the things we're lucky in that they're allowing, the district is allowing us to have athletics go on. We've had some field trips canceled. We've had some other things canceled with over a certain amount of people, et cetera. But, you know, you look at a locker room, you've got four or five PE classes in there during the day. You're, you're talking about, we want to make sure that locker room is clean. And we want those kids, when the soap goes out, there's new soap right away. When there's the paper towel dispenser goes out, we're coming in there and we're taking care of it right away. Where in some times, you know, it's like, hey, we'll be there in a little bit. Not anymore. Now it's, you know, we're there. The hot water's working. Use the hot water. Sing your birthday song twice. The CDC just came out with that poster. So our district has all those posters. So every classroom got one today. So administration walked around to every classroom. So it's front and center for everybody to remember the precautionary measures that we're taking. So, you know, out of sight, out of mind sometimes happens. Right now, everything is you know, see something, say something, it's out there, read it, do it, you know, take care of it. Thank you, Jean. Now traveling to the other side of the country, to New York, where we had the chance to talk to Dave Archer, the college professor and executive director of the National Basketball Coaches Association. Not much has changed for me in Colorado, but it sounds like a lot is going on in New York. What What's the deal over there? Well, now we have the most um, cases in the country, and a lot of it is fixated down toward the city and in the rich suburbs around it. And we have well over a hundred universities and colleges in the state, and they're all starting to, you know, piecemeal shut down and do this and do that. So the governor just came in and said, I'm shutting down the whole state system. Basically like where I teach at Binghamton, we have two weeks left and they go on spring break. A lot of schools are saying, all right, then then just don't come back. But he just decided that 11 a.m. today, so we're all scrambling around to have this all done by Wednesday. And you have to be able to still instruct, but online? The, yes. Um, we use a system called Blackboard, and that has a lot of uh, capabilities that way. And then the, the uh, school just bought a massive uh, Zoom package the other day, which because we have almost 20,000 students. So supposedly this package will work that every professor can do their thing um, and record their and show their lectures and so on. Um, Whether the the systems can handle that is is the question. Have you ever, I mean, in your experience, have you ever dealt with something at this magnitude and at the rate that it's happening? I mean, I'm getting a text update every hour about what's going on. No, no, not with the magnitude and the speed. I was explaining to my classes the other day, the only thing I even likened this to was about 50 years ago, 
when they had all the student protests, et cetera, to um, force an end to Vietnam War and uh, students were shutting down campuses throughout the country. I was working on my master's degree at the time, and they shut it down. And they just said, whatever your grade is today is it. You get your degree. Boom. And then that was the closest thing I've ever seen to this. Yeah, that's a tough one. It's a double-edged sword because you, you know, let's go back to like the high school uh, experience. These are seniors that are getting their senior year just cut out. Well, those kids are looking at me saying, hey, this is my senior year. You know, this, I'm going to graduate on Zoom. You know, I'm not even going to be, have a ceremony for all this work. And, and the schools, I think scholastically, they're better off if they take the, I'm, we're closing for two weeks approach and then, re, and then continually reevaluate. Now moving more into the middle of the country, we're going to talk to Jinx Public Schools Associate Athletic Director, Jason Kohler. For us, you know, at this time, we're not, we're not limiting the travel or anything for our students or staff members over spring break. Um, we're not going to quarantine or anything there. You know, at this time, there's no domestic travel advisory, so... No, nothing's getting postponed in your area? Um, not, not high school-wise. No, not yet. Um, as far as Jinx, what we're doing, um, we are taking special cleaning protocols. Um, we started those actually in February to target doorknobs, desks, countertops, handrails, and all those other commonly touched surfaces. Um, we've, we've done a thorough review of, of our inventory, and we're currently fully stocked on soap, hand sanitizers, the disinfecting supplies, those types of things. Um, in addition, our school sites have access to the same sanitizing solution used to disinfect hospitals and operating rooms. So we can use that to disinfect our hallways, classrooms, offices, et cetera. So that's kind of what we're doing as a district. Yeah. When do, what, what do you think will be the catalyst to making you know drastic measures of closing the schools there in Oklahoma? We actually, uh, several years ago, Jinx Public Schools developed a comprehensive disease response plan, and this plan has been thoroughly reviewed and updated to incorporate the latest guidance from various sources, including the World Health Organization, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and the Tulsa County Health Department. Um, and our district leaders, our superintendent, and um, we have a CERT, a CERT team, and that's School Emergency Response Team. We have a, a CERT team. Um, that's made up of school leaders and school emergency response personnel that have helped formulate this plan with, in conjunction with CDC and Tulsa Health Department. Um, and should those steps become necessary, then we would implement that plan, which would then probably kick us over to a virtual school, virtual learning process. That makes sense. Now, for you as that, you know, being involved with the athletic department, what about your athletes that are playing in more of the club space? So it's not under the high school's jurisdiction, but they are maybe traveling to some of these higher, uh, you know, there's a big tournament in Colorado this weekend uh, for volleyball players. And the numbers aren't that high in Colorado at this moment, but I mean, there's going to be probably five to 6,000 people in one convention center over the weekend. So what, what kind of advice are you giving your athletes or your coaches to communicate with your athletes on that? Basically, we're just reiterating what the, the CDC has put out. You know, 
um, basically proper grooming, hand cleaning, hand sanitizing, don't touch your face. Um, you know, make sure that you're drinking from water bottles that belong to you and, um, you know, make sure you know, you know, what's, what's going on out there. Basically just educate our student athletes, um, on the protocol. I know we have several of our soccer players will be traveling over spring break, which for us is next week. We'll be traveling over spring break to Colorado for tournaments. So, um, you know, at this time, since there's not been, you know, since there's not been a domestic travel advisory, um, really, we're just going to, you know, take it. I, I don't want to take it. We're going to take it with a grain of salt right now because there's really, you know, there's a lot of reaction to everything that's gone on. But, you know, that's the big part of, of us having our EAPs. You know, not only do we as athletic directors have those EAPs, but our districts have EAPs, and they have multiple, multiple, multiple EAPs in place for a number of catastrophes. Um, so, you know, I've, I'm I'm very blessed to work in a district that's very proactive on that side of things. Um, you know, and and their expectation trickles down. You know, we. Uh, our teachers are expected to have an EAP within their own classroom. You know, you have a kid that, you know, comes in, you know, belligerent and throwing, you know, you have to have an emergency action plan. Well, how are you going to protect those other 29 kids in the classroom? And how are you going to, you know, de-escalate and all of those things. So uh, I'm very blessed to work in a district that does that. Not too far away, we had a chance to talk to a principal at Hollister, Missouri, Terry Jameson. So for you in Missouri, what are the what are the updates that you're seeing on the news and from your district on on how uh, the coronavirus is affecting people in your area? Well, if, if I'm being perfectly transparent, I think the hysteria over it has more of an impact than the actual virus because I'm not aware of any implications locally yet. Um, it's just, it's what we hear on TV. It's what we listen to on the radio and what we read on the internet mostly here at this point. For sure. Have any of your events been canceled or, um, you know, plans no, put in place no. to cancel? Okay. No, no. And, and what, what are the ter- current numbers of people in Missouri? I think I saw Kansas City or St. Louis had had one or two um, one or two people that right. had it. Yeah, and you're hearing the same thing pretty much that we're hearing, uh, that there is just uh, the slightest uh, influence of, of that in the state of Missouri at this point. Very limited. And what does that, you know, as uh, in a leadership role at a school – how do you approach that where you're seeing in other states, maybe it's, you know, they're canceling schools, they're, they're extending spring break. You know, what steps do you kind of go through in your mind? I think, I think any well-run school system has a crisis plan for just about everything. And this would be something that would be along the lines of, uh, say, for example, uh, an, an epidemic of a flu outbreak or something like that where you would have a large portion of your students out for sickness, which is not uncommon at all. There are plenty of schools in this part of the world that close their doors when too many kids have the flu. And so uh, I think um, we have a crisis plan for just about everything, but this is an unknown, sort of like the weather. 
And at the end of the day, it, I, what I can't make the mistake of doing is buying into things I don't understand or don't have a knowledge of. So I'm not going to overreact. I'm going to be prepared in case it happens. Add this perspective to that. If 18,000 people died of the flu, what we see about it on the TV is advertisements for NyQuil. So we're not seeing this hysteria. We're not seeing this almost a, a political reaction to uh, an overabundance of the flu. So now, if it proves to be worse, then obviously we need to be prepared for that and we need to not take it lightly. But at this point, the, the jury's out. There's just simply not enough sufficient evidence to make that kind of a decision. And finally, here's our conversation with Steve Young, athletic director of New Rochelle High School, which is where we are seeing the largest cluster of infections in the U.S. Walk me through, you know, maybe the last week and how this all unraveled and, and now to get to the point where you're, you're at home, not able to go to the school. Well, it's just, um, you know, the decision all along, I guess, was we were going to stay open, you know, disinfect and be proactive Kids are safe in school. And then it was, I guess, determined that from the governor's office that, you know, that was a, a pretty hot area uh, near our school because um, there was a, there were a lot of houses of worship in the area. And there was a synagogue where it really started in New Rochelle in that area. Um, so they felt like they had to contain the area, which took in our high school and, and, and another private school that's also a member of our, our section and our state association, the Ursuline School. And then how is that communicated to the, the families, the students, and the athletes? Um, like, what was that process? Um, well, they got an email from, email went out from the district, okay. from the superintendent, that, you know, plus in conjunction with the governor's office that this was going to be a contained area. And it's not a quarantine area, it's contained, meaning they just don't want large congregations of people. Mm. You know, the businesses in the area are open, you know, people are coming and going. It's just to kind of prevent, you know, large gatherings. And then the National Guard came in just to help with logistics. You know, areas and offices and buildings and schools, what, whatever needs cleaning, they're helping. So, and, and, uh, food for kids that are on free and reduced lunch. Okay, so they are providing that still. Yeah, they, they, they've been working that out with, through the governor's office. As far as the athletic piece goes, which is really my area, right? obviously, is um, we, we our spring practices in New York State started on Monday, March 9th. Mm-hmm. So we went through Tuesday, and we're off for two weeks or as long as school is out. We're, we're going to be off no athletics. Uh, we suggest kids can work out. I wrote to my coaches yesterday and let them know that, you know, we're not holding practices or, and and nothing picks up again until March 26th right now, which will be day three for us of the, um, the preseason requirements for number of days of practice. And, and then uh, we'll go from there. Well, from the outsider looking in, um, especially at all the media that's going on, you know, I'll talk to people in Missouri and Oklahoma who think it's, you know, hysteria and, and the media is blowing it out of proportion. You know, what would you, who's at kind of the epicenter of one of the breakouts, uh, what would you say to that kind of response? You can, you can spin it any way you want. People think it's political. 
Um, but by the fact that these tournaments are being canceled, that says something. By right? the NBA suspending their season for two weeks, now I just see MLS is suspending their this season by 30 days now yeah. for the next 30 days. So it's not it's not a media hype. It's it's something that's really out there. Look, second second NBA player just tested positive this morning. Jeez, Donovan Mitchell from the Utah Jazz. On the Which same makes team. sense. On the, same, On the team. same team. Yeah. Yeah. So now all those teams that came into contact with the Utah Jazz just in the last six days, and all those teams that, that went into contact with other teams, it can spread. So this is, this is not something to take lightly. And that concludes the special edition of the AD Insider podcast on how the coronavirus is affecting the high school athletic community. To summarize, we're seeing the benefits of emergency action plans, the difficulty in shutting down our school systems, and the amount of questions that people still have about COVID-19. We hope this feature was helpful to you and would love, love, love to hear any updates for what your school districts are doing to combat the spread of the virus. If you'd like to hear more of the AD Insider podcast where we interview experts and professionals in the field of athletic administration, you can follow us on your favorite social media platform, subscribe using your favorite podcast platform, or visit our website, athleticdirectorinsider.com. Until next time, I'm Pat Cohan, and thanks for listening.